Hey everyone, it's Matt. And this is Lucas. And this is Thanks for Playing. The podcast where we break down the most iconic video games the world has to offer. (laughs) That's a video game episode Yelp. That's a video game episode Yelp. We are back, baby. Oh man, it's, um, I guess this is the first full month on the new format, huh? Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. the last one we did a month ago was Elden Ring, so had about three episodes since then. Yeah, wow, that's crazy. Yeah, I'll tell you what, everyone, I know there's been a little bit less video game-specific content, but Hot Dog has just been very helpful for both Lucas and I, like, mentally. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I was. But, I actually got some great feedback from, from some people, some listeners, um, people in the Discord, and, you know, I think that us just talking about whatever's cool, you know? I mean, I, I love talking about all the different topics that we've been talking about. Like, yeah. you know, we did the video game economies one uh, last week, I think is when, when we're recording this, it will have been last week, um, you know, talking about, you know, the sell of different and the acquisition of different, like, <laughs> developers and companies that have been going on all over the yeah. place, yeah. lawsuits. Um, it's fun to touch on, like, a lot of these topical issues and, and topics and stuff. And I think... Uh, you know, we're still we're still video game centric. Uh, we're not we're not uh, really, you know, skirting away from any of that. And here we are with the next video game episode. Speaking of all these acquisitions, um, <laughs> this just cracks me up. <laughs> well, first off, I'd like to say I'm I'm like 95 percent sure I called this in like one of our previous anything possible type episodes I think we you did. did. Um, that said, EA is putting out feelers to see who might be interested in buying them or who might be interested in merging with them. Um, any companies that might be interested in merging with them. And I just got to say, just from like a, like an outside looking in standpoint, I love this. Cause it's just like, <laughs> e, I mean, there's just so many crazy acquisitions that are going on right now. Right. And it's not even a console war thing anymore with like the bigger companies. It's a acquisition war with who can acquire the better first party studios. And EA is literally just like, we okay (laughs) what about us guys we we we, we're good you can buy us too please and i don't know it just cracks me up because ea is just like such bad business practices how they've handled their like their loot crates basically essentially in their games and i just think it's really funny they're trying to get a piece of this pie too that said though um i wouldn't i think it makes a lot of sense on a lot of reasons for a company um to be interested in buying EA, uh, whether that's a Sony, whether that's a Microsoft. Um, there's also been talks of Disney, Apple, Amazon, and Comcast, Comcast all apparently being interested in them. Uh, apparently at one point, uh, this is all rumors, but apparently Comcast um, slash NBC Universal did get very close to solidifying a deal, but apparently that uh, fell through and fell just short to where they couldn't come over to an agreement on the pricing or like what the entity would actually look like once it was um, acquired slash merged. So yeah, there's a lot, um, lot to unpack there, but yeah, I mean, it's kind of nutty. I mean, I think EA, you know, we talk about like Bethesda, not Bethesda, it was Bethesda that got acquired recently, right? By Bethesda got acquired yeah. by uh, Microsoft. Recently. Yes. And then Activision Blizzard got acquired by Microsoft. Yeah, and so I think that Bethesda acquisition came was acquired for like six or seven billion. Six, I thought it was like seventy that. billion. Seventy billion, or it was close to seventy billion, right? Oh no, I'm sorry. Activision billion. Blizzard was like sixty-eight, close to seventy, something like that. Yeah, 
but the that's still being one. very heavily scrutinized. The latter one, the actors and producer one, being heavily scrutinized by Daddy FTC, <laughs> the, uh, the trade commissions. So we'll see if that one pans through or not. But I mean, EA is just a Goliath of a company too. Uh, trades on the Nasdaq has a market cap as of today of thirty-seven point six two billion dollars. So, man, I mean, you gotta wonder who's has that much money lying around. <laughs> um, that said, I mean, yeah, I mean, this just there's gonna be so many rumors like this. I know Square Enix, there was rumors about them potentially being bought out by Sony. Um, yes, but whether or not that comes to fruition, who knows? It's just interesting that this is the world we live in now, where. I don't know it's just company more companies buying other companies. It's not even focusing on like the development of their consoles anymore. It's just like we need this company before yeah. you get some. And it's interesting that Amazon or like Disney and Apple are the ones interested in the race too. I guess that's just beneficial from them from like a business standpoint, even if they're not making their own consoles. But it's fascinating stuff. Yeah, it makes sense too. I think with Disney, you know, because basically what what the move that they can pull is okay. We now have EA, like we have full easy control and development of all of like our Disney IPs for video games, um, and they can probably do like a lot and focus a lot of energy onto more development through EA. Um, if you're Disney, I'm not. I'm not sure what stuff is developed by EA that is a Disney property off the top of my head, but they can certainly like leverage owning EA. <laughs> more more than they have before you know if they've done a lot in the past but apple is kind of interesting uh trying to buy ea because obviously apple's really dipped into the video game space over the last few years with apple arcade, apple arcade yeah. um really really owning a lot of like game stuff on you know you could play games on apple tv and connect a bluetooth controller to your apple tv now obviously like a ton of uh, market share there amazon um i think has always wanted to, you know, they've always had gaming from like a retail standpoint and had really good deals on like physical games um, through like Amazon Prime and stuff like that. Um, and they're just a big company um, that's diving into media and content. I mean, obviously mm -hmm. with like Amazon Prime over the last few years, um, Prime Plus TV and stuff like that, making their own shows, uh, makes sense that they would just start making their own games by just buying <laughs> EA. Um, the most surprising one's obviously that Cam Comcast NBC Universal one, which it sounds like that's kind of how this rumor really broke out, um, was like the, the deal was kind of being negotiated and it seemed like there was proposals going around and this kind of leaked through those or kind of worked its way through the rumor mill. Um, Comcast NBC, that's, that's a weird one. I, I don't really see a connection to how they would want to jump into the game space. Um, I understand you're a big company. You just want to buy another successful, profitable yeah. company. But I don't see how it would integrate with with any of their properties or what they have, uh, unless I'm missing something. Yeah, I can't. I don't really understand it either. If I'm being candid, <laughs> I'm sure there's something that we're, we're missing. But either way, it will be very interesting to see where EA lands uh, in the coming months or years, whenever that may come through. Yeah. But that is either here or there today, Lucas, because today we are talking about the number one martial arts simulator, Sifu. Dun, dun, dun. I 
I, I want to give everyone a friendly reminder. Everyone, if you haven't already, uh, shoot us a follow on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. That's at CAP Podcast. That's at CAP Podcast with an S at the end. If you go into the link tree on any of those social media handles we got there, you'll be able to find our Discord. And that's probably the best place to really get in touch with myself, Lucas, and just to join a great little podcast community. We also have a our, our Discord link is also available on our website, thanksforplaying.live. And of course, you can also shoot us an email uh, at thanksforplayingpod at gmail.com. And I will personally and happily send you a invite to the Discord if you email us. Lucas, take it away. Tell your friends to listen to this podcast. Thank you. Yeah. More uh, than anything, if you like the podcast, tell your friend to listen. To tell it. a friend. That's right. Yeah. Uh, okay. Ro- uh, Sifu, the 2022 uh, roguelike beat-em-up developed by Slow Clap. Uh, 9 out of 10 on IGN, 9 out of 10 on GameSpot, 7 out of 10 on Game Informer, and uh, about 80 out of 100 on Metacritic for the PS5 version, which is the one that, that me and Matt both played. Um you know, do we want to give people the synopsis on this one? There's not a ton going on inside the story, but I think we could have you kind of hit them with that synopsis, and then I can jump into the initial thoughts. Sound yeah, good? yeah. It's fair to say with this game that the synopsis is not really the, or excuse me, the plot is not really the point of the game, but um, it does have a, a, a pretty basic plot, so we'll jump into that really quickly. Uh, again, spoilers will ensue throughout this podcast, but again... Not really the point of the game is the story. So we'll it's get kind of it. unspoilable in a way. Yeah, but... you can kind of guess how it's going to go. Yeah. Um, but so Sifu, upon witnessing the murder of his father by his father's former students, the protagonist begins a high action, fast paced journey of revenge against the perpetrators, aided by a mysterious talisman that allows him to escape death at the cost of aging. That's seafood. That's pretty much it. Yeah, that is yeah. all we got. Um, yeah, so some of my initial thoughts. So, um, you know, we voted on Sifu uh, in in the podcast Discord, and uh, this was kind of coming off Elden Ring, right? So I think I've been talking about this on some of our previous episodes. It was like uh, Elden Ring played through the whole thing, obviously could not put that game down, uh, gave it a perfect score, absolutely adored that game, and sort of like, Many time, many times when you kind of beat a game that you've just been playing for over a hundred hours, you kind of don't really know what to do. Um, played some No Man's Sky, jumped into Civilization Six, obviously playing Magic Online and stuff like that. But you know, here we go. Time for the next game of the podcast. It's Sifu. You know, so <laughs> following up Elden Ring is going to be a very, very hard thing to do after after this. In fact, No Man's Sky didn't really hold my attention too much. Uh, neither did Civ Six. So just some of these games that I've been pursuing. Um, we're not really just keeping my attention. So uh, download Sifu on a PS5, um, you know, the PS5 version, which actually has a little bit of u- some unique things uh, going on with it, which we'll get into. Um, and I got to say, you know, from the gate, it really hit really hard. Like I really loved a lot of components of the game. Um, I love the fast paced action. I like the introduction. The tutorial level is really, really unique and really cool. In fact, I, I really do want to shout out the tutorial level when we when we get a little further down. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, all these components of the game, you know, the music, the, the combat, uh, it's so tactile. Uh, you know, it's got like a pretty unique setting. It's got some of these magical elements to it. Uh, the progression system is pretty unique. Um, all these things kind of come together. Oh, and it's really challenging right all these things kind of culminate um at the beginning but i'm not really quite sure 
and we'll be figuring this out a little bit throughout the podcast, although I do have these uh, thoughts kind of laid out. It just didn't go the distance with me. Um, you know, I think the game had a really great explosive opening. First couple hours are just super awesome. Um, great fun, tactile. You're in a brand new th world. It's very unique. There's probably barely any games like this game in terms of like controls and how you're actually moving. But it, it just kind of lost me um, at a certain point. It actually lost me very quick. Um, around like the fourth level, you know, which is like the second to last level. Um, it's not a short game, or it's not a long game. It's actually a pretty short game. It's only about 10 to 12 hours if you're really trying to play through it. And you're, if you're a video game god, you could probably beat it in like an hour. Yeah. Um, but you're probably going to die a lot and you're probably going to have to restart some levels and eventually get on, you know, to, to the 10 hour, 12 hour mark. But I don't know, it just really lost me at a certain point. Um, I just want to kind of lay that groundwork right now. Um, but on to you, Matt. I mean, initial thoughts. What do you think? Yeah, it's kind of interesting because, I mean, over the years, like the past several years, just here and there on YouTube or like highlights randomly on Instagram, I would always see highlights from this game called Absolver, which was also developed by Slow Clap, right? Yep, that's Slow the one. Clap. Uh, also developed by Slow Clap. And it always just looked like this crazy, really technical um kung fu fighting game that i never really took the time to look into i just would see a clip and like oh looks kind of cool so it was always just kind of in the back of my head that a game like this could exist right and then yeah when i saw sifu coming out i was really interested and obviously it was for me i wasn't really playing too many games like lucas at the time so i went straight from elden ring and just jumped straight into sifu which had some pros and cons because i went from one hard game to another <laughs> really yeah. hard game in its own right so it's interesting, and we can talk more about you know the game mechanics and everything in the story, but I, I would say, especially with how the intro and the prologue plays out, it's a very inviting game at first before it really ramps up its difficulty, and especially in the beginning because there is no aging mechanic or anything like that. You're really just kind of this overpowered kung fu guy raiding yeah. his, <laughs> Sifu's temple. It's a very inviting game, and it very clearly and very early sets the tone that this is a revenge story. This is a game where you are rewarded for being uh, precise. Precision mm -hmm. is rewarded. You're going to have a lot of freedom in the way you get to fight. The game's going to flow if you operate successfully within the rules and within the... Uh, systems the games makes the effort to introduce to you very early on, especially in those first levels and the tutorial levels. And it just creates a very, I don't want to call it gripping, but a very interesting experience. And what is without a doubt, if you're into Kung Fu and are a huge, you know, Kung Fu fan in whatever capacity, definitely a very, um, I would say immersive experience for any Kung Fu fans to yeah. wear. You know, it's it's a very honest game. I think that's a good way to phrase it. With totally, totally, yeah. yeah. And um, you know, we we talked so much about difficulty in games the last few months, and you know, we have a podcast on it. We obviously just did the Elden Ring episode and talked quite a bit about difficulty there. And I think it's great that you have you have another challenging game like Sifu kind of on the ticket right now, and. You know, it sold a million copies in its first month. It's it sold five hundred thousand copies within forty eight hours of its release. And Absolver, over the last few years, although not super critically acclaimed, I think has had like a, sh a small share of the zeitgeist with games. In you know, just seeing random clips on like Reddit or Twitter and stuff. 
Um, I've certainly heard of the game before, and I think many people, if they see it after listening to this podcast, you'll know what Absolver is just after Googling an image search or something like that. So it's great that Sifu like, just has a little bit of attention right now while it's also being a challenging game. Um, I think for me, the, the parts of it that kind of get a little bit messed up is it, it's kind of on this borderline. It It's a little like bit of a few different types of games, but it doesn't lean far enough into certain genres, I think, to hold up. I, I, I've try, I'm trying to find a better way to phrase that. I was trying to like really figure out how I was going to phrase it for this episode, but it's a rogue it's a rogue game. I'm going to say <laughs> roguelite or roguelike. What is it, Matt? Did we figure that out? No. It's roguelite. <laughs> roguelite. Right? Yeah. It's, it's a, it has roguelike structures. Yeah. It is a game where you repeat the same levels over and over again, trying to be better at those levels while maintaining small bits of progression in between those levels. But typically in roguelike games, you know, that one of the main trademarks of them, especially when you think of a game, say like Hades, is that roguelike games are very, um, they typically involve very heavy procedural generation to keep things interesting. And right. that is something that Sifu does not have is any procedural it, it, generation. Exactly. And I think, so just kind of explain the main, Hades. you did say Hades. Sifu does not have any procedural generation. No, no, no sorry. You, you mentioned Hades before you mentioned Sifu. You, you said it right. You were okay. good. <laughs> so um, just going back to the, the kind of one of the main mechanics of Sifu. So, you know, there's five unique levels. They're very, very heavy levels. They're long. Um, they're difficult. You're fighting through mobs of bad guys and henchmen eventually till you reach the boss, and then you fight a very difficult boss, right? Um, the first level you play, and when you die, you get older, right? So you die, and then your death counter goes up to one, and then you revive, and then you're 21 years old. And it's this the flavor in the game is like you're holding a magical pendant, and the magical pendant lets you like resurrect, basically. You just get up on the spot and you keep fighting. Um, and then when you die again, your death counter goes up to two, and then you gain two more ages. So you go from 21 to 23. So the death counters kind of stack on top of each other. And the more you die in a row, the more you age, like you age very, very fast at a certain point. I think the first time I beat the first level, I was like 60 years old. Uh, so I died like 10 times, uh, and it kind of compounded upon itself. And then, you know, I'm entering the second level being age 60. So you start your second level in at the best spot that you beat the first level. Okay. So you eventually, like I beat the first level, I tried it again. I beat it at age 40. Then I beat it at age 30. And then each time I was able to start the second level at a slightly lower age. Um, and you know, it kind of adds this element of replayability. You have to master that first level. Then you get to the second level and you have to master that second level. And then you go to the third and, you know, you, you kind of start exploring like the later levels, um, maybe slightly older, and then you go back and kind of grind it out a little bit. And the, the progression system in the game is you spend experience points to unlock a skill tree, and you only get that skill. I, this one was a hard one to explain as well. You only get that skill for that run unless you buy the skill six times. If you buy the skill six yeah, times, I you think, permanently unlock. I don't like that. I don't. I, yeah. That's gonna be one of my criticisms of it. So you have to buy a skill six times in order to permanently unlock it. Then no matter what, if you die, if you go was to another six? level, I thought it was maybe like, was it six? I, I think it. De I think it depended. Honestly, there were some that were five and some that were six. I believe. Gotcha. Um, 
you know, the skills are cool. Like you learn, like you can learn like a new kick. You can get like environmental, like you can start throwing chairs at people. You can start like catching bottles that people throw at you or weapons that they throw at you because people will throw weapons at you. Um, you could start doing counterattacks more frequently. You can increase your health, increase your structure because you do have a, a structure slash block meter that goes down every single time someone hits you. So, you know, there's all these there's all these things kind of working for it in terms of like the progression system and the overall design of the game. It's all very, very unique. I'd say I don't know a single game that's ever had a progression system like this. It's very, very unique. Um, but I think part of parts of it just kind of fall a little bit flat. Um, half of that skill tree was unusable. <laughs> I don't know if Matt, you've <laughs> had that experience. Is that was that true for you? The thing with the skill tree is, uh, and this is a, a general thing, critique of the game I have is there's not really that much room to really integrate variety in the way you play it. There is variety in the game if you choose to play it that way, but I think it's fair to say that once you learn a few good combos, you're kind of set, and once you get like the general flow down, it doesn't really encourage any experimentation outside of that. It's kind of like, okay, I'm going to have my set combo I do, evade, evade, strong attack, strong attack, finisher, oh, here's a big guy, evade, evade, okay, yeah. focus bar is up, sweep, hit them while they're down. Yeah. Other days, yeah, like it's a very... It's very flowcharty in that way. It, it is. It's yeah. almost like you're playing a game of uh, of melee where, <laughs> oh, the the di the. Uh, that's sorry. It's no, we, no, no, no. We can go into the melee. Right? No, no, no. I, I get you. I, I mean, with melee, saying. right? I mean, for those that don't know, Lucas and I played used to play Smash Brothers Melee and Project M competitively, and in, the, in a game in a fighting game like that, and I think in other fighting games too, probably like Mortal Kombat. There's very there's very clear options that are clearly optimal in certain situations. For example, if you're a Marth player and you're playing against a Fox and you're on final destination, which is a completely flat stage and you're like a, you know, well-versed Marth, you're going to say, okay, I can up throw to these certain percentages. And then at this certain percentage, I need to do up tilt into, yep. you know, maybe like an up air, then fair, fair, then near off stage or dare off stage. Right. It's yeah. like a very, and that's not like a freedom thing per se. That's like a, oh, this is the flow chart and this is going to work because this is the this is operating successfully within the the confines of the game. Yeah. Then a game like Melee also leaves a lot of room for creativity. But then I think with a game like Sifu, it doesn't leave as much room because I think you're going to be so stressed playing the game because it's such a stressful game at certain points mm -hmm. that you're really just kind of not pigeonholed, but very encouraged to play and almost have, almost have a linear play style in a certain sense. Yeah, totally. Following totally. a linear flow chart. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's what that's what ends up happening is like, you know, there's not going to be a whole lot of variety in your combos because, you know, it's I found myself basically running the same combo every time. It was like light attack, light attack, light attack. I, I got a, the sweep attack. So you'd sweep their leg, knock them to the ground hit them while they were on the ground and then continue the combo. And like, it was basically, that was the same exact combo I did for everybody. And if the sweep attack didn't work, which I guess the sweep attack worked on 50% of enemies, but then on some enemies it didn't. So you'd have to like dodge and wait for an opening and then do the same exact thing. So it was like it, and the variety of enemies that you fought were, there was basically four types of enemies. So it was like, okay, big, big guy, you have to dodge before you can actually do anything because he's got kind of has a big he's has like a huge structure meter. Um, there was like the female girls with the kicks, though that mm -hmm. was like a common archetype. 
And there was just like general big big guy that would like punch you. There was like some enemies would do a Superman punch, some wouldn't. Um, but I mean, at the end of the day, like within a couple hours, you basically have seen every combo that could be done to you in the game. Um, and then occasionally, occasionally there's some RNG where when you're going to take down an enemy, they actually fight back and then glow like gold and re-get all, like, re yeah, get all their health back. Is, was that just yeah. RNG thing? That was RNG. So like randomly there'd that. be, yeah, randomly there would be an enemy that just like decided to go sicko mode on you and just like restore all their health get really strong and just turn the fight around and just start fighting you. And this was a random henchman. So occasionally the fight would get kind of hard for just a random reason. Like, oh God, I just, the, the fucking thing happened where I got to fight the guy now. <laughs> it's like kind of what it turned into. And it was, it's pretty light, honestly. I don't want to really like put the game down for that. But my, my criticism of that is if that's the only element of RNG, it's kind of like, one, it's a, it's a little bit lazy just because all you're doing is just taking the character that you're going to take down, making him stronger, and then restoring their health. It doesn't... It's not like adding in a new enemy or it's not changing... Exciting. Yeah, changing the arrangement. You know, you think of other roguelike games... It's never exciting. Games. It's annoying when it happens. Yeah, yeah. It, it, you think of other roguelike games and roguelite and roguelike games. Uh, you know, there's like dozens of different enemies. There's dozens of items that you can use. There's like... Uh, different setups that you can run through through each each run, but in Sifu, you're always running the same combo on pretty much every mob. Uh, you know the mobs might have weapons, but if you just know how to avoid the weapon, you just kind of avoid the weapon. You might get a knife of, at on a level. You might get a bottle to use. You might get a staff, but each one of them kind of operates the same. Um, so yeah, it's just it's this weird thing where the 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 base combat and controls are so unique and fun. And interesting and different, but the game suffers from somehow linearity. Um, I, like, there's not a lot of complexity to the actual levels, uh, and you're only playing through the levels over and over and over again. That's the game. Yeah, and you know, it was interesting too when we were reading. When I was reading up on this game before you and started playing, or before I started playing it rather for the pod, you know, I was looking at the reviews, and it got it got for the most part, you know, really good reviews. Um, 9 out of 10 on Destructoid, you know, 9 out of 10 GameSpot. IGN. 9, 9 out of 10, 10 IGN. And then I see at the very bottom, it, it says Shack News, 4 out of 10. And I'm not actually too familiar with this outlet, if I'm being I don't honest. either. Though, I mean, you know, 4 out of 10 relative to the other scores, which is the second lowest, was a 7.25 out of 10. Uh, I mean, that caught my attention. And the big complaint they had with the game was kind of what Lucas and I are echoing here was its upgrade system with the unlockable com not combos unlockable I guess um, traits or what, what yeah really combos but unlockable uh, um, just like actions yeah moves with whatever its like structure and it's a shame because I feel like the game's in a weird spot because I think with the way it plays I don't think having a lot of st I'm not sure where you could fit procedural generation into things besides maybe varying up the enemies that you see in certain rooms like maybe in, in on one round when there's a big guy in another room in one room maybe instead of a big guy there's two smaller um, people right. to fight right? right so I think that could be maybe one thing but the game does give you some reprieve, reprieve from the roguelike structures where 
when you do get to the boss, you know, when you do through that first, when you do go through that first run after that first run, cause you're probably going to want to go back and whether you died or not, you're probably going to want to go back and try and beat it at a lower level or excuse me, a lower age. You do have the option of typically using a, a shortcut, which is great. And these shortcuts are so good that on the third level, even you're literally able to just, you teleport have to fight two to enemies <laughs> and then two easy enemies. And then you can just teleport straight to the boss. So yeah, it's very forgiving in that regard and really does kind of alleviate some of the, the grind because I'll be honest, I would not have wanted to, I would have done it because I have to, but I would have been complaining having to beat this game at the highest level or at the, with that same linear thing going through every time over and yeah. over and yeah, so it's interesting in that. And then Lucas, what did you think? With, they actually have one now, but what did you think without, what did you think about the lack of a difficulty scale yeah, to change? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't mind that. Um, I honestly, I mean, again, we just got off of the Elden Ring train. So like, I'm not, I'm not opposed to welcoming like a challenge or anything like that. That being said, you know, the difficulty curve in the game is a little unexpected. Um, you know, I, we talked about this before. There's like a very specific thing is when you know a game is going to be very hard It case with like any FromSoft game, Dark Souls, uh, Sekiro or anything like that, you kind of just have an idea in your mind that's going to be hard. So it, the frustration kicks in, in a delayed sort of way. But with Sifu, I, I actually didn't really know that it was going to be this challenging. So, you know, around the third level, fourth level, when it got really hard and the, the fourth boss is complete horseshit. I don't care. I don't know why they designed that fourth boss that way. Um, it's the older lady, the CEO with like the long, it, the whole fight is so not, it's like the opposite of fun. Yeah, it was yeah. like a really, really lame fight. It wasn't even fun and it was hard. Um, anyway, uh, I, the game, as soon as it started getting very challenging in like the third and fourth level, it was like, okay, whoa, like why? Like, why did it get so, why did it go from like, kind of fun but challenging in the first level kind of fun but challenging in the second level with the added dimension of having to replay the first level a lot get really good at that feel really rewarded for like when i had my first perfect run of the first level at eight and i just beat it at age 20 it was like oh hell yeah like i completely mastered the first level that was awesome and then i get to the second level and like do a little bit better on that it's a little challenging and then by the time you start start feeling yourself have to do that for the third and the fourth level, it starts getting pretty like, okay, like, well, the third level you teleport right to the final boss, so it's more like just having a perfect run on the final boss. But you know, there's there's no shortcuts on the fourth level that I found, and you just had to kind of like play that one perfectly, and that's a long one. It just that's the grindy part. There and is that's one like, shortcut, but it, you still have to play through a good bit of it to get uh, to the final boss. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. It's it's difficult. But like grindy difficult, which is not which is not the same kind of fun as as a FromSoft game, I'd say. Where, you know, I think we talked about this before. It's like when when you're fighting Godric the Grafted, it's like okay, this is like a demon king, horrible armed abomination of a of a king guy. This guy's supposed yeah. to fuck me up, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh my god, I'm fighting the big fat guy again, henchman guy, and he just got a lucky shot at like it's more it's just more lame when you lose to like a, a character or a bad guy like that than like the unkillable demon king thing so i don't know there's there's a lot more variables going on here uh don't mind the challenge to answer your question but i do find it frustrating when it's a challenge slash grind uh situation i guess 
Yeah, and yeah, just wasn't that fun. So, <clears throat> well, some of it was fun, some of it wasn't. But, you know, I, I, we've kind of already talked about it a lot, but to get more specifics with the game design, I know Lucas kind of already broke down the aging system. You know, with the, you know, you, you can really sum up, like, the gameplay itself with a few things. You know, there's light attacks, heavy attacks, weapons, you can throw weapons, and there's a focus meter, like you said, and there's blocking, dodging, parrying, and takedowns. Um, takedowns being like finishers and moves you get when you take down someone's structure. Um, parrying requiring a pretty tight timing to where as someone's striking you, you hit the guard button at the last possible second pretty much and basically break their combo right there and able to get some good hits on them. Dodging, which I found to actually have some pretty... To be honest, actually, as long as you guessed right, or not guessed right, as long as you reacted correctly, it actually had pretty generous timing to where, you know, someone's going to try and sweep from your feet, and if you hold L1 and then press up on your analog stick, you'll jump over it, and then vice versa, someone's going for your head, you can duck, and then evade left and right. And then, of course, there's the standard blocking, which I'd say the game pretty actively discourages you from doing just the standard blocking. Mm -hmm. And... You know, with all that, it's really just like a, you know, a Kung Fu action beat-em-up. Um, overall, you know, I know we've said a lot already, and I the game is very hard, and it is definitely a grind, but it is definitely very fair in the regards to where there's not that many surprises, barring the RNG with the random really strong henchmen. There's not too many surprises with the boss fights as far as how they attack. It's just annoying, but if you do learn the mechanics and you don't really try and go against the grain you will do well, you know, I, I, in a certain way, I do think that the game actually does discourage from creativity, you know? Um, yeah. I mean, even in like the third boss, which was actually one of the harder bosses for me, it's like, okay, I just need to be stupidly patient, which is really boring. Not how you want to play a Kung Fu game yeah. and I can beat this person. Right. Yeah. So there's a lot of that in there. Um, I'd say the gameplay is good, but yeah, it doesn't really give you that many different avenues for how to approach it in the stale. The fighting gets stale overall very quickly. Lucas, I know with the aging mechanic, did you already mention that you get less health, more damage as you get older? Oh, I, I forgot to mention that part. Yeah, so with each decade you age, as you go into your 30s and as you go into your 40s, 50s, 60s, and 70s, uh, you take, I don't know if your health goes down or you take more damage. Either way, same result, but you have less health essentially and you deal more damage. So that's the trade-off you get there. Um, kind of a cool mechanic, actually. I think it. I, I like how they tied it in directly with aging, and it does make sense that you know, as you get older, you'll know how to be a deadlier kung fu fighter, right? But you'll mm -hmm. be a little bit more fragile yourself. Something that I have trouble critiquing in this game, but it is a very big critique for me, <laughs> is that the story doesn't do much for the game. And the reason I say I have trouble critiquing it is because... I don't think the story is the point of the game. I think it's supposed to be the gameplay. Mm -hmm. But then when I look at other roguelikes where the gameplay is the focus, point in case Hades, I think Hades is such an incredible game. And it also has a very good story and very interesting characters to boot. And then when I look at this game, it is a very, very generic Kung Fu revenge story that is for my money, largely uninteresting. Um, there's a few little fun things that you find when you're like discovering some parts of the story, but I do agree with you for the most part. Overall, yeah, not too interesting. I will say they did do a good job of making you, I guess, sympathize and understand 
the final boss, why he killed your father. But mm-hmm. even then, him killing the father didn't really change anything. Long <laughs> story. Yeah. Um, camera's kind of annoying in the game sometimes, um, where you'll kind of just like get. There'll be times where you'll get like backed into a corner. And then the way the camera moves, you just literally can't see your character anymore. You can't see your the student. Yeah. Or as you enter a room, it may pan weirdly to where you're temporarily out of the frame. The counters do look incredibly natural. I will say that. You know, I having played games previously, like some of the Batman Arkham games, you know, the the this typically have a system where you have a very clear like notification to counter. Like by notification, I mean like it's projecting like, very like, much like you'll get like little, I don't know how to like care little like emphases coming out of your head. Like, Oh, I need to counter right now. Right. And you don't get those kind of emphases in this game. And it's a very, they do a good job of making the fights flow and that the counters do look natural and the, the evades look natural as well. Um, and yeah, no, no easy mode upon release. That is kind of a, I'm, I'm fine with that because I think, you know, it's fine that Eldering did that too. And Eldering will never change that, obviously. But I will say I beat the game up until the fourth boss. I actually, I beat the fourth boss on the game's ship shipping difficulty, the vanilla difficulty. And then I had trouble getting the fourth boss down to an age I liked to go into the final level. And then earlier this month, they ended up releasing the easy mode. And I was like, you know what? I don't care. <laughs> I did the same thing. And I, I thought, you know, I've, admit it. I've gotten what I want to gameplay wise out of the game. I'm happy with how I've performed this far. Yeah. Let's well, just, it, let's just finish it up. It's because like at that point, you're just kind of running the same exact thing on. The, you're just running the fourth level until you get to the boss. Yeah. And then you're just trying to play the boss as perfectly as you can. It's not it just doesn't feel like it's, it's a different kind of difficulty than we were just used to having with with our last game. And I don't know. It's it's more of a grindy difficulty, like I said, and it's it's just not that fun to like try and play through a level perfectly. Yeah, especially once you beat a boss. You know, it's one thing to grind to beat a boss, but it's another thing to grind to beat a boss over and over and over and again over yeah. until you do it just enough perfectly to where you're happy with your age to move on. <clears throat> yeah, and sure, yeah, it does encourage you to truly be a kung fu master. I, I will see the game lives up to that promise, but. It doesn't mean it's a good That's, gameplay mechanic or yeah, good gameplay and, direction. Yeah, I was going to say that too. Like, this is a game of like, uh, you know, Jonathan Blow talks about this a lot in his video game talks. Um, you know, the developer of, for those of you that don't know, the developer of The Witness and Braid um, and has been in the video game industry for many years. Um, you know, some sometimes you don't truly know if your game is going to be fun. Like... You do all this stuff, you you maybe work on your animations, you maybe spend a lot of money on your art team, you maybe craft a really, really phenomenal story. You make sure that like the game has like a, a really great appeal to a wide audience and you know it's kind of gonna sell well. But you there's this sort of cursed problem that you can encounter where the idea that you have for the game when well executed maybe is not fun, right? So let's say you are trying to make a game where you're trying to emulate what it's like to be a Kung Fu master, right? And maybe being a Kung Fu master requires a lot of patience, a lot of repetition, a lot of grinding, right? All the things that are true to your vision of showing what it's like to be a Kung Fu master turn out to not be very fun 
to the audience that's eventually going to just play your game, right? So it's sort of like they achieved their goal of showing you how to be a Kung Fu master. It turns out, I, yeah, it turns out I don't want to be a Kung Fu master. Uh, it might yeah. be a pretty boring life. Uh, it might be a pretty grindy life, yeah. right? So so there's there's always has to be an element of exaggeration or f just false non-truth to it. You know, they in order to make your game fun if you are trying to develop, you know. And I think they, they obviously put a ton of work into the animation. Um, like, they actually had, like, a kung fu master. Um, this is all based off of uh, Bak Mei kung fu. Um, and, you know, Bak Mei is referenced um, in a ton of movies that we know. It was used in Kill Bill Volume 2, um, for those of you that have seen that. And, uh, you know, this is, like, a very, like, you know, heavily respected, well-known, you know, style of martial arts. And it's just when you stick too close to the script of what, like, the the discipline and the requirements to, like, be a master of this sort of thing, it just doesn't lend itself to being such a fun game. Uh, mm -hmm. Although it's being accurate and making you feel a certain way, uh, I just think the way it's making you feel is, uh, it not very fun for a game. I know, you know, I'm repeating myself now, but you know what I'm trying <laughs> to say. Yeah. All right. Anything else you want to touch on with game design? Yeah, um, <clears throat> this is actually the quote from Game Informer, uh, which I really agreed with a lot. So Game Informer, they were the most, one of the more critical people um, of the mainstream uh, review scores that I saw. And they, they gave it a 7.25 out of 10, which is lower than IGN, GameSpot, all them. He said, uh, like a 20-year-old combatant, Sifu comes right out of the gate strong. Its core combat feels excellent, and the moment-to-moment -moment action looks better than most Hollywood blockbusters. Sadly, as you progress, the action begins to show its teeth and eventually becomes a tiresome grind. Sifu deserves props for its incredible sense of style and tone, and is also a great example of why growing old isn't always fun. Uh, so, uh, that's really my thoughts exemplified about the gameplay, um, very, very well. Yeah. Love it. All right. Moving on to art style. I don't really know what to call it, but I like the art style. Actually, it's like a very simple, but it's almost like a painting. It's minimal. It's, minimal. it's minimal, uh, sh very sharp, uh, very mm -hmm. clean. You know, um, there's not like a whole lot of blood. There's not a whole lot of like splatter or like craziness. Um, it's very like heavily saturated. So it's got like really great color mm -hmm. um, and good environment design, you know, um, very well. I did like the level design overall. Yeah, very well concepted. You know, I like I'd love to take a look at the concept art for this game. It was probably very well thought out in like the way they designed these environments, especially each environment does hold like some secrets to it. The the first level is like a drug warehouse that you're kind of fighting through slash like slum village. And it's really cool because you see like you fight through the rooms of where like the criminals sleep. You fight through like the packing house in the warehouse. You fight through like where they grow the drug. Uh, so, you know, all these little environmental clues are really great. And, you know, props to the art team for, for doing that. Um, the art gallery, that was cool. There was some like really interesting stuff. And there's a lot of magic realist. There's just a lot of magic in the game. Um, kind of unexplainable. Well, you're resurrecting over and over again, and like you're doing so in like a in a story driven type of way because you have like a medallion that's resurrecting you. So there is a level, uh, like there is some interesting things that they do with the art um, and some of those environments that are like pushing the the magic a little bit. I do I do appreciate that, especially in that art gallery level. Yes, yes. Um, 
Yeah, and yeah, I mean, you summed it up pretty well. And I thought the level design was overall pretty fun. I really liked the museum in particular. Thought mm-hmm. that that was really interesting. And it uh, did more to keep me interested and engaged than the gameplay did at a certain point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. I liked. Um, I don't know if this is necessarily an art, uh, like you know, art team thing, but I do really like that the last level. So each each level is played at a different type of time of day. So the first level is played in like the afternoon. Second level, I think, is night uh, or like evening time. And then the next level is like night, then late night. And then the last level is actually early morning, like 530 in the morning. Uh, so you, your last level like kind of goes against like a lot of cliches where, you know, fighting in the rain and fighting at night under a full moon kind of vibe. Instead, it's like early foggy morning and you're actually at like a spa, like a relaxation spa on a mountain. Um, and that's, that's it. That's like kind of where the fight happens. And then somehow you end up in the dark, um, like at night with rain yeah, um, in the final boss room. Uh, so it kind of like, I was like, oh man, like I wanted to fight the final boss, like in the morning glory or something. Not like it just still kind of falls into that cliche for some reason, but Yeah. yeah, that trope. Exactly. But, but I did like that the final level was played in like a foggy morning. I thought that was cool. Yeah, very different from what you usually expect, and then it wasn't different from what you yeah, usually expect. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> How weird, huh? Yeah. Yeah, I wonder what the... Actually, I mean, I do know what the choice behind that was. It was, oh, we got to be brooding in the final moments where he fights his father's killer. Yeah, but yeah. It I, shouldn't I wish have been, the, though. Cause I it, wish they went against the grain on that one. Yeah, it still could... You could still be brooding in a you yeah. know glorious morning sunlight uh, with foggy yeah. morning kind of thing. Still could be brooding. It would have been interesting because then there'd be like some metaphors like, oh, the sun rises on a new day or something. I don't there know. There you go. Yeah. Uh, sound design. I think you'll have more to say about this than I did. I I really, I when I look at, whenever I get to this part of the outline and I think about what I want to say, I really only have something to say if it stood out to me in any notable way, you know? And honestly, this game, this game didn't stand out to me, the sound design at all. I think it was probably fine. It was probably good. I, I don't remember. I think I remember liking the atmosphere of the game, but I don't remember anything standing out to me in any meaningful way. It was yeah. the baseline of good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, the sound design I think stuck out to me in a, a little bit more than it stood out to you. Uh, you know, I, I liked some of the ambiance sounds. I liked some of the instrumentation that was used. It was actually the composer's very first time uh, composing a video game, mm-hmm. uh, from what I understand, and uh, it was it was Howie Lee just uh, to give credit where credit is due. And, you know, I thought it was really cool. There's like usage of like drums, like um, what sounded like big, like kind of those like Asian style, like doom, 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 like that you might hear in like a Kung Fu movie. Um, I thought there was like a lot of really cool sound design in like the actual fighting. Uh, it felt like everything was very tactile, especially when you would like do a takedown, like you would do like these swift punches, like sometimes like multi-punch things, like and then like hit him in the face. I can't really... It's not really working over audio only a podcast, but uh, it was really cool when they would do like really great sound design with like the actual hitting and the punching. Like yes. when somebody would hit a wall, it sounded like they hit a wall, you know, like I just think it was done really well in that regard. Um, and yeah, you know, maybe the the soundtrack itself did not like stand out. I, I'll, I'll say that fairly, but I also think it was kind of meant to be like very subtle background, um, yeah. you know, ambiance type of thing. I did. I think it did a really good job at, at doing that. Definitely, yeah. 
cool. All right, moving on to NPC award. Sean, uh, going with Sean. Yeah. Yeah. I'm Sean going, too, you had Sean too. Yeah. yeah. I, I think he was just the most badass boss. Like he, he, he actually the coolest. He had yeah. the most badass. I think I really liked his character design. I liked his um, level. I liked his level. His fight was actually fun. I thought. Yeah. Um, he was like the last boss I had fun on, honestly, which is saying something after the second boss. Yeah. But yeah, really cool design. He's like, um, not pyromaniac, um, a pyrotech tech pyro. Yeah. He runs a pyrokinesis. Cl- he's a pyro. Yeah, yeah. Pyrokinesis. He runs a club where he stages fights, like where people fight and people bet and stuff. And he also has his own like Kung Fu school. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, it's cool. Cause the club level is like a club that you're raiding and like fighting people while like the DJ's playing music. And then the club turns into like a, like a school, like a Kung Fu school mis- magically. And then you fight yeah. him in a fiery scene with a bow staff. Like it's pretty fucking badass, actually. I will say too, something I really did like was I noticed. So this, the second level is when you fight Sean, the third level is when you're going through a museum to fight. I think Kokiri is her name or something, but anyways, or Kuroki maybe. Anyways, I think that's right. Um, one of the, some of the people you encounter on the third level are actually students from Sean's school to revenge him. So I kind of liked the idea of that self-perpetuating cycle <clears throat> of revenge. And then I also really liked that in that third level. I'm, I'm apologize if I forget your name or saying it incorrectly. I think it was Kuroki. I liked in that third level with Kuroki where. She's kind of the first boss that really asks you to like question what you're doing and is this really the right way, you know? Yeah. So yeah. I noticed that level in particular really seemed to start encouraging, uh, you know, self-reflection of, obviously upon the 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 in-game character that you're the student. They don't have a name, but then also, of course, with the player themselves. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I thought that was a cool reference too. Um, I, it's very short, but yeah, there is like that Sean, um, I guess, uh, student that's there at that third at that third level, which is awesome. Uh, yeah. Making Sean uh, a better case for the companion piece pick. Or, sorry, the NPC award here <laughs> for Sean. Um, yeah, and he was also like I, he was also the first boss that like it's probably before the game started really feeling grindy, but like mastering his fight was really fun because like it yeah. was just really it was old fashioned. It was like up close combat just strict dodging timing windows and counterattacks. It was like just as honest of a fight as honest. you can get. Yeah. yeah. But like the third boss and the fourth boss are just boring as hell. Cause they're like more ranged oriented and it's just not, you just have to close so much space to get in there. And, um, they're just, there's not great boss fight design. Um, so the Sean, Sean was a really kind of hit, hit a, a, the sweet spot that the game should live in. I'd say. Yes, I agree. Yeah. All right. Companion All piece right. pick. I'll go first. I'll go first. Yeah, go for it. Um, And, you know, Sifu makes references to some martial arts movies for those of you that are martial arts movie fans. Um, You know, there's a level where you're climbing up a tower and um, killing people all the way up, similar to The Raid. Uh, Very, very popular movie in the martial arts space. And there's a very, very clear homage to my companion piece pick, Old Boy. Uh, Old Boy's awesome. Uh, I'm talking the original Old Boy, not the American remake. Um, there's a very, very famous, it's like a cinematic history type of shot, like a, a shot really worth studying. It's like a three and a half minute long, uh, one shot kind of 2d fight scene where the main character is fighting his way through a hallway with like a bunch of bad guys. Um, and he has a hammer and 
it's an awesome, awesome scene. Everybody should watch the movie, but everyone should see the shot and see the scene. And it was really, really well done in Sifu because in the first level, you're, you see this long hallway, the camera actually changes into that camera angle where it's like a 2D game and uh, you start fighting bad guys in the hallway. It is is really, really cool. Um, and old boy just kind of like, as soon as I saw the hallway, I was like, oh, this looks like the hallway from old boy. And the camera pans and does its thing. And I was like, yes, these guys know what's up. Like they know the <laughs> reference. They, they're, they're clearly fans of the genre. Great, great job there. Um, so that's my companion piece pick. Yeah. And Lucas did show me that scene before we did get started here. And it is a very badass scene. Highly recommend checking it out. Uh, <laughs> mine's pretty. Oh, actually, dang. Well, I'll go with what I first had written, but I had a second one that just came to mind. Um, first one I had written down was Shang-Chi, just because before the latter half of the movie where it gets very CGI heavy <laughs> with like imaginary dragons, the first half, I'd say, of Shang-Chi is actually really cool. <laughs> has a lot of very grounded combat where it's just really cool kung fu action, fist, um, you know, really cool shots, really cool hand-to-hand combat, and I think it's super fun. And then, I don't know why I just popped in my head, that TV show Shaolin Monk back in the day. Did you watch that one? No, what was that one? Oh, gosh, let me... Let me Shaolin sure. Monk? You sure you're not talking about Shaolin Showdown? I'm totally talking about Shaolin Showdown. The cartoon, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, dude, yeah, yeah. Shaolin Showdown was so good. I forgot about so that good. show. The one where yeah. they had all the different artifacts or like... Um, different powers I, and stuff. I forget yeah. what they called it, but they were like specific artifacts that they would use that like they'd call... They would be like a name, like the Orb of uh, Tsunami. Yeah, 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 like, yeah, yeah. That was yeah. like, oh my God, what were their names? I'm forgetting the characters' names. I remember. Dude, but... that show was so... Okay, we're going to have to watch some uh, Shaolin Showdown one of these days. <laughs> That was a great show. That's a classic one, yeah. All right. Um, where are we? Moving on to... Favorite moment. Ooh, favorite moment. Yeah. Uh, I'll go first. Go for it. I was going to say Sean, but I actually really did like the third boss battle. Not the boss battle itself, but I really enjoyed it when um, Kuroki started asking, you know, started asking you to question what you were doing and really encouraged you to self-reflect if this was really the way. Um I enjoyed that because I like my games to have some interesting story in them. So yeah. great. Uh, my favorite moment is just the first time I ran through a level perfectly. Uh, the first time I finished the first level at 20 years old uh, was really cool because it was kind of like, okay, I did it. Like, there's no reason for me to go back to this level. I beat it at perfectly. I did not die once, and now it's time to just have a good start at the second level. And that was that was a cool moment. I think that's what the game's really about. Um, it's just gets really grindy to do that for the later levels. So. Yes. Yeah, yeah, grindy. I think that's the story of this episode. Yeah. Uh, uh, nitpicks. We already dove uh, into them a lot. Um, yeah. I'll just summarize it for me. Um, the game got boring very quickly, and I'd say overall, and I, I believe, I think it was, I chatted, we asked in the Discord earlier today um, if there are any, you know, particular topics anyone wanted to touch base on, and... Uh, Hylet was asking about the replayability of the game, I believe. And I got to say, you know, I, I don't really think this game is that replayable personally, unless you are a extreme perfectionist. Um, it's a very, what's the word? Yeah, it's just a grind of a game and there's not enough variety in it to encourage replayability, you know? Um, mm-hmm. 
I think it's kind of a one and done kind of game. So that'll be my answer yeah, to that. I agree. Um, so for nitpicks, I think I'll just go into a few things about the game that I actually really thought were pretty cool. So kind of the opposite of nitpicks, just like find some positives here. Um, Cause I don't want to just shit on this game so much. Cause I, I do think the game deserves credit in a lot of ways. So I'll start with this. You know, the game was supposed to come out um, last year in 2021, but the, um, the studio actually announced that it had to push it back to early 2022 to actually avoid overworking the team um, and compromising on quality. So, you know, super props to Slow Clap for actually like pushing a game back due to not wanting to like, you know, crunch with the team. So give heavy credit to this, the studio there, or, you know, the, the developer there. Um, you know, the game is really taking a lot of risks. It's like a combination 3D beat-em-up slash like f with fighting game inputs. So it's like kind of has a control system that probably nobody's ever used. Um, so that's one thing. Um, the progression system is very ambitious. The aging system is very unique. The animations, clearly there's so much love put into these animations um, with all these references to like martial arts movies that I really love. Um, I think it's probably the best that a martial arts game, the best martial arts, purely Kung Fu martial arts game that we've had. Yeah. Um, and, you know, uh, the game... It's clear it was a game made with a lot of love, I will yeah, say Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and th that's why I'm not I'm not upset about the game. I just think that, like, there's there's obviously these problems that we've talked about on this podcast. And the other thing, too, I... I This shouldn't be a, a thing that is in the... You know, I no, it is. This game has no bugs. It doesn't break. It's not mm -hmm. bug... It's not crazy. The camera might be bad here and there, but it's only for a few seconds, maybe... Um, on some levels, and the game is pretty much good to go shipped. It didn't have to have some crazy patch when I downloaded it. Nothing like weird or stupid or anything like that. Uh, it just yeah. is working uh, when it was released. And, you know, a game working upon release, being optimized, uh, having good loading times, uh, having some love put into it is, is, is a lot to ask for. Um, and I'm not going to shit on Slow Clap for, for taking risks and things like that, even if those risks didn't work out. Yeah, yeah, I think that's all fair to say. So, Lucas, would you play other games from this developer? Yes, I would. Um, we always ask that question, and and yes, and in this in this instance, I would. I don't think the developer um, did a bad job. Uh, you know, I think that I could even see myself trying out Absolver, and whatever the next game is, I'm sure it's going to solve a lot of the criticisms that this game has had. At this moment, based off their current library, I would not play other games from this developer. Okay. I have no interest in Absolver. And from what I can tell, Sifu is just a better version of Absolver. So why why go backwards? Gotcha. Well, Absolver, yeah. isn't it multiplayer? Oh, I think there is that. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. I could see uh, this maybe... being an interesting multiplayer combat system. Yeah. Honestly. I agree with that. Yeah. It could probably get pretty, pretty funny. Pretty <laughs> if it's like, too. yeah, it could get pretty technical. I think that was like kind of the, the, thing that was making people sound uh, or making people post the game a lot like on Twitter and, and Reddit and stuff like that was like the multiplayer aspect. Um, so I could see that being pretty cool. Maybe maybe they refine a little bit more and, and make something cool. But we'll see how the next game does by Slow Clap. Yes. All right. Yes. Okay, so final conclusive thoughts on the game. I think we touched on all that. Let's uh, go ahead and give it our, our rating here. So um, me and Matt are each going to give this game a rating out of 10. We're going to add up those numbers, and that scores the game out of 20, which makes it the official thanks for playing score for this video game. going to uh, usurp every single publication score. Uh, let's go ahead and hit a map. Three, two, 
one. Seven. Seven. Yeah. Oh, oh wow. I thought you'd go for the six. I, I, was I, I had six at first, but I thought that yeah. was a little harsh. I Exactly. I think I was going to give it the six. I gave it the seven because, again, a lot of love put into the game. Uh, you know, I love the genre, obviously, and it's taking a lot of risks. It's like actually working and it's actually taking risks. So, so you got to give it credit for what credit is due. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, seven. I just wrote, you know, fun, but nothing to really, uh, nothing to really write home about. And that's really yeah. how I feel about it. Yeah, so this but is a 14. I will say, yeah, 14. I will say, you know, at the end of the day, if you are looking for a Kung Fu game that really does encourage that perfection aspect, you know, I, I, I do think that you'll find that in this game. I'm just not sure that's what a lot of gamers are really looking for. But it's certainly not what we're looking for, I guess, mm -hmm. um, at this time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right, everyone. I so yeah, that's a 14 out of 20. What, where does that put us on the scale, Lucas? The Rock Lee Zone. Ironically oh, not, enough, that, that is fitting. It's pretty good. Yeah. That's fitting. <laughs> all right, that works. Yeah, we did that on purpose. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right, everyone. That's all we got today. Uh, as always. If you want, you can find us online at TFP Podcast. It's at TFP Podcast with an S at the end. Um, that's Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram. Uh, and the link tree on all those, you can find a link to our Discord. As well, you can find the link to our Discord on our website, thanksforplaying.live. Come hang out. It's a good time. We talk, we chat, uh, all that good stuff. If you want to hang out with your good buddy, Matt, you can find me on Twitter at GoodIdeaMatthew. But I think, you know, I think the most important takeaway I got from today's episode is just tell a friend about the podcast. Uh, <laughs> tell a friend to listen. Tell a friend to listen. If you like the podcast, share it, spread the good word. Um, we'd love to bring more wonderful listeners such as all of yourselves into the into the uh, TFP clan. Yeah. I don't know what to call us. Like, guys, <laughs> the TFP-verse. Yeah. The TFP-verse. Um, so come hang out. It's a good time. We'd love to have more of you. Um, more conversations with you all and have more of you in the Discord. Uh, Lucas, uh, where can we find you online? Uh, you can find me on Instagram at GoodIdeaLucas. And you can find me uh, hanging out, skulking around in the Discord. Um, you know, uh, like Matt said, we really appreciate everybody that listens to the podcast. Um, you know, as always, we always want to get more listeners. And, you know, we're steadily increasing our followers on social media, you know, week over week. And, you know, we get new people in the Discord every day, um, which is really encouraging, really awesome. But, you know, uh, definitely tell a friend about the podcast if they really like video games. Um, you know, we're always trying to get the word out there and uh, take it to the next level. Yes, absolutely. All right, everyone. This has been... Thanks for playing. Catch you next time. Skip it up. Thanks for playing is a production of Good Ideas Only. Your hosts are Lucas Luna and Matt Rockaby. Our music was done by the impeccable Sammy Luna. And our logo design was done by the talented Isaac Palestino. Special thanks to the Roll Call Bunch and Red Circle 